0: Amen. All right. Notice in verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, Now these are the commandments, and the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, and keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. So these things that God is about to give them, God's telling me, hey, this isn't just for you and for this generation. I want you to pass these on, your son, your son's son. This is something that's supposed to continue on. It says, Hear therefore, Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers have promised thee, and the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And look at verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. What I want to talk about tonight is required education for children. There are some things that the Bible actually requires that we teach our children. And you know what we'll find out too is most of these subjects are not subjects that you actually see in school. In fact, many of them are banned from schools and it's like parents have this attitude today when it comes to educating their children. It's like the school's job to educate them. And first of all, it's not the school's job. It's the parent's job to educate them. Not just on these things, but I mean on everything across the board. And I want to show you some things tonight that I hope will uh, be a help because we've got to pass these things on to our children. Pray My Voice survives tonight. I, I decided... Any, you know, every great once in a while you have that pastor that's passing through that stops by. So any preacher missionary comes through, I'm letting them preach tonight. They might end up being a heretic, but they, none of them showed up tonight. But my, I thought it's going to be a sign. I need my voice. <laughs> Can't handle it, but we'll see if I can get through it. So any preachers and missionaries were thinking about passing through here. They have missed out on a love offering by not uh, not showing up. They could have preached and everything. But anyway. Uh, so there are, there are some things that we've got to teach our children. The, and the principles that are here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, these are timeless things. This is not just something we ought to look at, uh, that, was just for the, you know, that was just for the Jews, or that was just for a different dispensation. People have got to get over that attitude and realize that there are things that we, um, we should pass on, things that we need to remember <clears throat> and keep in our life. And, so, and there are some things that are not to be outsourced to other people. Many people today they think because my kids go to church, they will learn the scriptures. You know, they go to Sunday school and all that, and their Sunday school teachers will teach, will teach them, or their pastor will, you know, they'll hear it from the pulpit. And hopefully they will hear some of these things from the pulpit. But parents are the ones that God actually ordained to teach the children. It's the parents that God decided to do that. And people like, well now you can't say that because we see schools in the Bible. You know They'll bring that up. Schools are in the Bible. In fact, we see schools in the New Testament. Well, let's look at some examples of schools and tutors and things in the New Testament because you're going to see that while we do see schools in the Bible, you understand they were a Greek thing. This was not something that was a part of the Jewish culture. This was not something that God's people practiced. This was, a, this was something that the Greeks Practiced so look at um, go to Galatians, Galatians chapter three. It says, "But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. See, he's talking about schoolmasters there. Well, here's why." Because he's talking to Greeks and they knew what that was. He's not saying in here, this is just a good thing, this is something everybody does. This is something that was a part of their Greek culture. So he's talking about something that they can relate to. Something that they would understand. He's not making a statement in here, the schoolmasters are okay. That's not what he's doing. But people often, they'll do that with scriptures. They'll see, look, the Bible mentions something. But wait a minute, is the Bible just using an illustration? Is the Bible just stating a fact of something that existed? Or, you know, is it teaching something completely different? He's just using an illustration here. <clears throat> just like people often say, polygamy is okay because, look, David had multiple wives. Solomon had multiple wives. Well, yeah, he did. But is anywhere in the Bible does it teach that's okay? Absolutely not. So we also see examples too uh, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child deferreth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. See, that's the way it's done. He's under tutors and governors. But wait a minute. Did the Jewish culture do this? Or was it the Greeks that did this? It was the Greeks that did this. The same people that they had to teach, not the fornicate. That was something, you know, not to eat things, sacrificed to idols. The Greeks had a lot of bad practices that many of these things, they had to tell them, hey, they had to instruct them, we're not supposed to do this. Did you guys know that you're not supposed to, you know, fool around with people you're not married to? That was something they had to teach the Greeks. So why would we look at something Paul's referring to, just using an illustration, and then take that as... This is how we should practice things. That's just foolish. That's not what this is trying to teach. And we're not going to go to all the scriptures on this, but <clears throat> anytime you see references to schools and things like that, it's always in Greek culture. Places like Galatia, Ephesus, places like that. So, you know, the reading, writing, and arithmetic, I do, I believe these things are all good, they're important, but those things they actually should be secondary to the things that God commanded, because there are certain things that we see here in Deuteronomy six that are mentioned that actually come with some great promises. And I'm not saying we should neglecting the we don't need that. But let's look at a few of these things. So look at what it says in verse two, it's saying, "Here's why you need to do these things, so your days will be prolonged." It says It says, you know, um. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. That's a good promise right there. If you do this, you'll live longer. Well, what does it say in Ephesians 6? Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. We see some more commands in here that come with promise. You know, Every parent teaches their child Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey the parent, your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long in the earth. Don't we want to learn things that will help us live longer? And think about this. How will learning math help you live longer? And I'm not against learning math or English. How will proper English help you live longer? Okay. Listen, the things of God that will help you live longer. Honoring your parents will help you live longer. These Keeping the commandments of God, they will prolong your days. He promised that. So look what it says in verse 3. This is going to be a short message tonight. My voice is dying. It says, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. He's telling them, you'll be increased mightily. If you as a people, okay, as a nation, if you want to succeed, if you want to grow, you know what you need to do? You need to keep the commandments of God. You want to increase mightily. That is a good thing. Turn over to Psalms chapter 127. Psalm chapter 127. Now, our culture, one of the things that um, your kids are going to learn about if they go to the public school, is they're going to learn sex education, which a great deal that they learn in sex education is how not to get pregnant, pretty much. they pract- You know, So they te- don't teach them any morals. They don't criticize any sexual activity. They don't condemn homosexuality. They don't do any of those things. And then they teach them a lot about birth control. It's mostly about how not to have kids. And... We have this attitude, this mentality that kids are a curse in our culture today. That kids are a problem because they cost money. But look what it says in Psalms 127. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain to rise up er, for you to rise up early. <clears throat> and to sit up late and eat the bread of sorrow, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord... And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath this quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So right here we see children are a blessing. When you increase with them, when you have a lot of them, you're like arrows in the hand of a mighty man. You have greater strength. You have greater potential to do more. You're going to be a leader. You're going to speak with the enemies. In the gate, the way I, I illustrate that is, you know, that guy who's got a lot of kids, if there's somebody maybe wanting to conquer them and wanting to take over, and they go in there talking with this guy, and they see that guy, and he's got like 12 sons behind him, they're thinking, those are his boys. They're going to fight for their dad. You know, we probably better not mess with this guy. And the more of them there are, the better. But it's just a couple. You know, if it's just a few, people aren't going to want him as a leader. Because he's not going to have as much influence. And so, you know, that big family, it's actually a good thing. It gives you more influence. It gives you ability to do greater things. For example, if you're wanting to have a farm, that's more workers that you've got. You know, if you're wanting to build a house, that's that's more workers. That's more more that can be accomplished. Look at what it says in 1 Chronicles 26. 1 Chronicles 26. Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom. Does anybody remember Obed-Edom? This is the guy who remember um, when Uzzah touched the ark of the covenant. David put it in his house, and what happened? God blessed his house, didn't he? Well, if you continue reading the Bible, every time you see Obed-Edom mentioned, he's always near the house of God. He's always near the ark of the covenant. Obed-Edom was not a Levite. But we see, when they took the Ark of the Covenant from him, he followed it. Why? He realized there's blessings there. And look what it says about Obed-Edom. It says, and I'm not going to read all these names. I'll butcher them, and my voice sounds terrible. But he has eight sons, verse 5, Peluthai the eighth, for God blessed him. You all see that? He had eight sons. That was called a blessing. God blessed him. So we see in the, in the Bible that you know, children are a great thing. It will help you be stronger. You have stronger families. And we see today that churches, one of the reasons they're dying, the families are weak. The, the kids, they don't want to stay in church. They're getting caught up in the things of the world. The, a part of the problem too, people in the churches aren't reproducing. They're not even having kids. And they wonder why they're dying. That we've got to be reproducing. So, look at verse five. I'm sorry, folks. We're gonna really cut this short tonight because I got, I'm about out of gas. <laughs> so don't look too disappointed. All right, but uh, uh, look, go back to verse. Uh, let's see. Yeah, chapter six, verse five. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five. It says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. This is the first thing we see, one of the first things we see that he wants them to teach their children. You diligently teach your children to love the Lord. This is the first commandment. And what does the Bible say in 1 John? How do we love the Lord? By keeping his commandments. The Bible says in 1 John that his commandments are not grievous. And we've got people today. Man, I wish I could rant right now. I want to rant so bad, but I just can't. We got people in churches today. They go to church, and you know they they act like they want to have good families. They act like they want, you know, that they, they want to be the blessings of God in their life. But what do they do when they hear preaching that they don't like? When they hear commands they don't like, they go home and they run their mouths about it. They'll run their mouths about the preaching. And then they act like the commandments of God are grievous. But what does the Bible say? They're not grievous. The Bible says there's blessings that come with those things. That that's how we love the Lord. Why would we want to teach our children these things are bad? Keeping the commandments are how we love the Lord. Man, I wish any preacher would have come in tonight. No matter how big of a heretic. I think I'm going to let a ruckmanite preach tonight. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Uh, look, 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 look what it says in uh, Matthew chapter 25. I'm not even going to read it. I'm just going to tell you what it says. All right. That's the passage where you know when we do good to the least of these as brethren, we're doing it to Him. You know how we love God? We serve God's people. We do things for others. We've got to teach that to our children. We've got to do it diligently. We've got to train. You've got to not just tell them. You've got to show them. You've got to practice it. Proverbs twenty two six. Uh, turn over there in twenty two fifteen. I've got to show you both these verses. Proverbs twenty two six and fifteen. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Verse fifteen Foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. So we see we're supposed to train children. And you know what? It's not an easy process. It takes work. And it means, and one of the ways we train is spanking. Which, that's what I'm talking about next week. Uh, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. of my voice won't let me either. But look at verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. It looks like kids were around the parents all the time. That's what it looks like in the Bible. It says, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on thy gates. We see, we're supposed to surround our children with the word of God. It's supposed to be constantly brought up. Constantly practice. And if we do that, it will be in our heart. It will be a part of who we are. And so they need to hear it. They need to read it. They need to memorize it. Are they going to get this at school? Absolutely not. They've got to get this at home. Parents have got to do this. They need to practice it. You know, And we need to teach them why we do what we do. Look what it says in verse 20. It says, And when thy son... Asketh thee in time to come saying, what mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, we were Pharaoh's bondmen. He's saying, you got, your son's going to ask you questions. You better have answers. Tell them your history. Tell them about the things that God did for you. And so that, that, um, once again, you know, these are, these are required teaching. We've got to talk about the Bible. When you go home, you ought to talk about the sermon. You ought to talk about the preaching. You should say, you know, what would have all, what else do you think Pastor would have covered if he'd have had the ability to talk tonight? You know, I mean, you need, you need to talk about these things, all right? I can't do it. I can't tell you everything you needed to hear tonight. So you got to tell your kids on the way home. All right, whatever you think should have been, you've got to do it. Talk about the Bible. Talk about the sermon. You know, and the thing is, too, if you're actually talking about these things... You know, it's going to make it interesting for your kids. Don't we all like to be a part And don't kids like joining in on conversations? Well, you know what? If the Bible and the preaching is something you're talking about regularly, your kids are going to start paying attention so they can contribute to the conversation. Because they're going to realize this is important to you and it's going to become important to them. We, we help that by just talking about these things. But I'm afraid some parents never talk about the things of God. They don't talk about it, the Bible. So, you know, the truth is, you can tell a lot about people by the subject matter. You can tell a lot about a church by the subject matter after the church. Are they talking about the Bible? Are they talking about the sermon? Or are they talking about politics? Are they talking about the football game? Are they talking about Fox News? You know, you can tell a lot, can't you? And I'm afraid in many churches today, the Bible's the last thing anybody's talking about. And in verse 10 of Deuteronomy 6, notice, he's telling them, oh, it says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, and Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve Him and shalt swear by His name. He warned them about forgetting. See, we can teach our kids things, we can tell them things, but the problem is we tend to forget, don't we? So we've got to make sure there's certain practices that are regular. That we, that we're constantly reminded of these things. In fact, we should even create reminders. And we're not going to go to the scriptures on it, but we see examples. Remember when they crossed the Jordan River? They set up the twelve stones there. And they said, in years to come, when your children say, what are these stones? You know, these stones that are here, why are they here? You can tell them why they're there. Tell them about how the Lord parted those waters for you. He's saying, do things on purpose to provoke your children to ask questions. Why? So we can remind them. We need to be reminded of things. We need need those reminders. And so, as parents, you ought to do things on purpose. You ought to... Um, There should be special things That you do I personally think You know I think It's good for families To go take vacations You ought to take If you can Take a family vacation every year Go do something fun But you know what I think it'd be good too To You know once a year Go to a Bible conference Or something like that You know make a big deal of it Go to a conference You know make trips To the soul winning marathons You know the thing is too with a lot of these trips when we go to so many marathons or when we go to these conferences we go to, we always throw fun stuff in there too. Why? Cuz those it's good family time, but also we're making the things of God important. We're making these things special. And there ought to be something like that that you do. You know, don't just you don't have to do everything here. You don't have a place that you go go visit another church that's of like faith, you know, make a big deal out of these things. Show your kids it's special. The church is a good thing, and we're going to get around these things. Um, you know, all that stuff is very important. But mostly, most importantly, we need to do the daily things that are mentioned in these passages. We can't just be. You've got some Christians. They show up for the soul winning marathons. They show up for the Bible conferences. But when it comes to week to week, day to day, they're not doing. The things they need to do. You've got to do that too. It's all very important. We've got to be, you know, spreading the gospel, telling others, and these things in here. And trust me, I had a lot more scripture planned. You know, I had a lot more Bible on this message, but I just, it, it, I, I can't do it tonight. But listen, these things that I'm talking about, and I'm going to say more about these things in future weeks. These are things that cannot be outsourced. We've got a mentality today that we want somebody to do everything for us. Do you all understand that that is why the Catholic Church is so popular? People are so lazy. They would rather a priest take care of everything for them. Hey, instead of me being my own priest, instead of believing the priesthood of the believer, they're fine with just going to this guy in a backwards collar and saying, hey, am I okay? And he's like, yeah, you're okay. Okay. I'll take care of you. You know, hey, are we sure what we believe is in line with the Bible? And what do they do? Instead of looking at the Bible themselves, they go to their priest. Oh yeah, you don't you don't need to read the Bible. We'll do it for you. Is that not what the Catholic Church does? The Catholic Church, they'll do it all for you. And so people are like, you know what? That's fine. I'm fine with trusting this guy. They're not going to lead me wrong. But you know what they're doing? They're making merchandise of these people and they're leading them to hell. And we've got people that are the same way today. My kids need to learn about the things of God. And they think the church will do it all for them. Well, as long as my kids go to church, if they're in Sunday school and junior church and then, you know, King's kids and all that stuff, they'll learn everything. No, they won't. There's a lot of kids that grow up in churches like that and their kids are just dumber than a box of rocks when it comes to the scriptures. You've got to teach them at home. It's your job as a parent. It's your job to make sure they get saved. It's your job to make sure they learn these morals and practice things. of God. It's your job to make sure they love the Lord. And you know what? Same thing too, when it comes to education the other things, it is your job. You see, the public schools, the way they're failing these kids, they come out of school like a bunch of ignoramuses, you know why? It's because these people don't care about your, their kids. They're just making merchandise of you. It's your job as a parent and you cannot outsource these things. And when we do, when we, especially the things of God, when we just outsource those things and they're not a part of our daily life, you know what our kids ultimately learn? Is it's not that big a deal. That's what they learn. Yeah, we learn about all this Christian stuff at church. But my parents don't practice it. My parents don't do it at home. Therefore, in their minds, it's not that important. The best way for them to get the things of God in their hearts is if they're being taught it verbally at home and it's being practiced at home. You've got to do that. And if you're going to depend on other people, you're going to let your kids down big time. And you're going to end up failing them and these things that we mention in here, this this should be in our minds required education, not just reading, writing, and arithmetic. Okay, that's fine. Teach your kids that stuff. But if you skip these things, you're failing in the the most important things. And I promise you, your the schools are not going to teach them these things. They're not going to teach them to love the Lord and to keep His commandments, the laws of God. It's not going to happen. You've got to do it. And so, I hope this will help you tonight. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word.